Welcome to the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard each week on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach, and coming up on the program, we'll look back on Texas A&M's 19-17 win over Florida Saturday night in the Swamp. The Aggies' defense once again rose to the occasion. They limited the Gators to just 27 yards in in the fourth quarter after the first play of the fourth, which was a touchdown run by the Gators, just 21 total yards in that fourth after that first play and one first down. They allowed the offense to pick itself up off the mat after a rocky start. Freshman Kellen Mond got rolling again and led A&M to three straight field goal drives in the fourth quarter and Daniel LaCamera, a kicker from Florida, Tarpon Springs, Florida in the Tampa area. Both his parents went to the University of Florida. He closed it out with 14 family members in the seats, a four-for-four night, uh, and also hit the game-winning field goal in the final minute with 58 seconds left. A&M super sophomore linebacker Tyrell Dotson put it on ice with his third fourth-quarter interception of the season, and that improved the Aggies' record to 5-2 and two overall, 3-1 and one in the SEC. A&M's on an off week before hosting Mississippi State in two weeks. That game kicks off at 6-15, a week from Saturday at Kyle Field and will be broadcast on ESPN. We'll be joined during this hour by Texas columnist Olin Buchanan, SEC Network and ESPN host and reporter Laura Rutledge and Sam Kahn of ESPN.com. Stay with us on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. You know those families who quietly enjoy the holidays? Me neither. Well, until thecompanystore.com. Now the kids love playing Hotel Auntie Carol in the good sheets, as they call them. They actually want to go to bed. So we get some adult time, and that's worth giving thanks. Thecompanystore.com has been perfecting the ultimate comforts of home for over 100 years. From the finest quality bedding and bath to home decor and more. Order between October 1st and 30th to get 25% off, plus free shipping with our friends and family discount. Visit thecompanystore.com and enter the code FAMILY. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I'm so happy, I feel like I can fly. Disclaimer, you will not be able to fly by switching to GEICO. This is against the laws of physics and nature. If you find yourself flying, please seek professional and or medical help immediately. In the unlikely event you find yourself flying, you might be a superhero or a pigeon or a superhero named Pidgewoman who was bitten by a radioactive pigeon. If you are indeed Pidgewoman, GEICO retains all licensing publishing rights in the event Pidgewoman the movie becomes a top-grossing Hollywood blockbuster. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you saved $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom White Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads.
Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's look back on that 19-17 two-point win in the Swamp Saturday with a man who joined me and sat right next to me in the press box in Gainesville, Florida, Mr. Olin Buchanan with us in studio. OB, your main thoughts? Uh, pretty much what I wrote about is that, uh, and you touched on it, that uh, A&M won a game, a come-from-behind win on top of that, despite, I would say, you could, if you really thought hard about it, you could come up with a dozen things that went wrong. If you want to say, yep. you know, Christian Kirk uncharacteristically dropping passes and, and, and catching a punt, uh, you know, inside the five-yard line and a bad snap that Kellerman had to recover at the one, and it looks like you're going to have a, a sack of uh, Felipe Frakes inside the 10, and instead he's running 79 yards, and you throw a touchdown pass, and it gets called back for a, a, a silly penalty. And, you know, what else? Yeah. What else? You, I know you can come up with well, uh, that. There, there's a bunch more. You stop them on fourth down, stop it turns out the referees yeah. just before the – you know, you had all these things go against you. And for a young team, a team with infested – with sophomores and freshmen, all these things, they could say, you know, it ain't our night. You know, and, and you know, quite frankly, some more experienced A&M teams in the past might have, probably would have buckled under to all that. But not only did this team not buckle under, but they came back and in the fourth quarter, despite all that, just thoroughly dominated. Gave up 27 total yards, only 21 after falling behind 17 to 10. And like you said, may drive for three field goals. Even when they had to settle for field goals, they did not get frustrated. And yep. each, each of those uh, drives for field goals started within the first one or two plays uh, with huge plays, whether it be a long – with Christian Kirk, who had been struggling, all of a sudden he comes up and gets a fifty-yard completion. Right. And you need a big place too, because uh, you know you still to get, get it started, to get it started, and also, you know, to get some scoring on the board because A and M did not put touchdowns on the board. They needed all three of those scoring drives, and 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 when you're in the fourth quarter, you need scoring drives. How, you need big plays because you know the time's kind of against you. A how bit. many how many people now panic? Even coaches panic when you're down seventeen. Uh, I guess 17 to 13, and might have gone for it on fourth down because oh, we got to get the touchdown. Right. But is it no? Kick the field goal, 17 16. I'm sure there was some that was front. Oh, gosh, you know, now. And what happens? AM makes the plays to force the punt. And Christian Kirk, again, he had struggled, but in the fourth quarter, making big plays like he did against Arkansas, yep. almost returned the punt for a touchdown, but he set AM up for the game winning field goal. So they. This is a team that's had so much – I hate to use the word adversity because it's so overused in football, but had so many things go against them, so many reasons to get frustrated and not quit. But, Absolutely. But didn't. You can boil it down to three plays that was an 18-point swing in a 19-17 to 17 game. I mean, think about that. The two touchdowns that Florida scored actually probably shouldn't have happened. Number one, the fourth down play, A&M got a stop on it. And as I look back on it, and we got in so late yesterday, I haven't got a chance to go back and fully watch that game. But when we were watching it live, we are like, they blew the whistle there after the snap. And A&M got the stop there. If you want to fix the clock, which is your fault, that was an official error, which caused A&M to have to play a fourth down play again. They got the fifth down. On TV, they did blow the whistle a nanosecond before the snap. You went back and watched it? Yes. Okay. And it does – but – it happened so fast, you know. Why you're? I'm kind of with you. Why had you not made that call earlier? But it was if, so. It, 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 I didn't feel like they were very. No, I didn't feel like they, they were, they were trying really hard to stop that play. They kind of blew the whistle, let the play happen, and then blew the and then said but, it was a redo. They wasn't like like you would see them do to stop a play, to stop and halt all activity. They did not do that. It was so. It, it was – I mean, it was almost bam, bam. Thing. Yeah. It was almost like a play at first base. Yeah, they get the extra down, the old fifth down. Right. And they, they, get, they convert, and the next play score a touchdown. 79-yard play that Franks ran should never have happened. You got a clean kill shot on Franks from Otara Laka, who's been really good at that. He was able to sneak out of that. He got around Watts' tackle in the open field about five yards down the field. Then he got out of Debian Renfro about 20. Then Alaka comes back, misses another tackle about 40 down. And who tracks him down? 
315-pound Kingsley Kiki, yes, a 79 yards downfield. You want to talk effort play, even in a very, very negative play, which led to their other touchdown. That play never should have happened. It was third and 12. They should have been punting again out of their own end zone right there. That's another touchdown. And, of course, the four-point swing was A&M had to settle for a field goal after they had gotten the touchdown on a play where Christian Kirk pre-snap, he was covered up by the other receiver. So it was essentially a procedural penalty on A&M that never should have happened and it, then it threw it took a touchdown off the board I don't know if Otara Laka was quote going for the kill shot or not but the 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 learning moment the 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 like the time to learn lesson what's what's the way they put that yeah your lesson you're you, you know there's a lesson moment of edge I don't know yeah. I, the, the 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 phrase will come to me in a mm-hmm. minute but that teaching moment there mm-hmm. there you go was understand the situation it's third and 12 they're backed up just get him on the ground. Right. You know, just you know, you don't have to make a big hit there. Just get him on the ground because if you get the tackle there, they're punting in around the 10 to Kirk and but you know, what all's well that ends well they say. So uh, and, and oh by the way, Alaka played a good game except for that particular play. Yeah, but they're learning how to finish the game. They've been doing that. They obviously learned the ultimate lesson of what not to do in that first game, learned that lesson for sure, had to grind out a, a win over Nichols. They had to finish that game. And ever since then, they've had tests along the way. And even in the Bama game and a loss, they played great late. right? They did what it took to set up an onside kick for a chance to pull a miracle. Crazier things have happened. It's because they were finishing that game, even in defeat last week. And once again, A&M rose up. They dominated, as you said, the Gators in the fourth quarter. Uh, especially defensively, Without, after that first play of the fourth, which was the touchdown, one play after the 79-yard run that never should have happened, it was a complete, total domination. And a bunch of characters came to the forefront in the fourth quarter, like Anthony Hines with a sack and a tackle for loss in back-to-back plays. That forced a punt. I think it was 17-10 right there, and it forced a punt. And then it's 17-13. you got to get the ball back. Do not let them go drain clock. And it doesn't. Why? Because after a big play on first down, it's what, second and one? Second and eight. I mean, second and two, I'm sorry. Second and two, Kingsley Kiki gets a stop. For one yard. It's third and one. Boom. Kiki gets another stop. Kiki and Hines, but Kiki. Right. You know, like, so, yeah, Kiki Forces a punt, and then Kirk does what he does with a 43-yard return, and A&M's off and running, gets the field goal to win it. Yeah. yeah. They uh, they made the plays, and they didn't make the plays. It wasn't just like, you know, okay, uh, one big play. It was a series of big plays offensively, defensively, special teams. In fact, I'm, t- I'm starting to wonder if, in- if anybody anywhere, not just in the SEC, plays better special teams than Texas A&M. Their coverage no. teams could be better, but they're not bad. We'll continue our conversation with Olin Buchanan after this. And A&M has done a great job since the loss, the epic loss in the epic collapse in the fourth quarter against UCLA. Since then, by the numbers, the fourth quarter has been special for A&M, offensively, defensively. We'll get into that when we come back with OB. Gabe Bach with you, the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Texags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you and Olin Buchanan back with us. Let's look at AM's dominance in the fourth quarter post UCLA by the numbers and what have been the keys to the fourth quarter surge in recent weeks. OB with me in studio. All right, OB, we've seen it with our eyes how good AM has played in the fourth quarter ever since that. Probably the worst fourth quarter in college football history when you look at it by the number. I mean, you're like, look, team that couldn't finish, they couldn't finish again. Right? What's going to happen with this team moving forward? All they've done since then, A&M has been dominant late. They've learned how to close out football games. And thanks to Dalton, the aforementioned Dalton Hughes, uh, who does a ton of stuff for us, he did the research on this. And because of that, we've got the numbers to back up what our eyes have seen. I showed you a little bit of those numbers. But it boils down to this. And we could go through every – got the game-by-game numbers uh, – for the discrepancy in A&M's yards versus their opponents ever since Nichols and the discrepancy in points. A&M has outscored its opponent in every single game in the fourth quarter, including plus 14 against Ulala, plus 14 against South Carolina. They outscored Alabama 9-3 to in the fourth quarter. They outscored Florida the other day, three field goals versus the one touchdown on the first play of the fourth. And since then, since that, after that first play held Florida to one first down and a total of 21 yards in the fourth quarter. All told, though, just to kind of make this simple, 
In the six games after the epic collapse at the Rose Bowl, A&M has outgained its opponents four, by 442 yards. In six games, outgained its opponent by 442 yards. So you're looking at, what, 80-plus yards a game on average? The only game where it didn't outgain its opponent was Arkansas. Remember, Arkansas kept hitting Nance on those big mm-hmm. flies. But A&M did out, uh, outscore them by four in regulation, and that doesn't even factor outscoring them, of course, by seven in overtime. So that number is even more when you factor in fourth quarter plus OT. In the last three games, A&M's outgained its opponent by 286 yards, and that's South Carolina, who's decent. That's Alabama, and that's at Florida for this team. On points, A&M's outscored its opponents in the fourth quarter by 42 points. It goes to 49 if you count overtime, okay? And in the last three games, South Carolina, Alabama, and Florida, A&M has outscored its opponent by 22 in the last three games. And again, that's South Carolina, Alabama, the Crimson Tide, and the Florida Gators on the road. I mean, the numbers back up what our eyes have been telling us. that This A&M team is a good fourth-quarter team. I think now we can say, through seven games, this is a good fourth-quarter team. Well, they look good to me. Um, they they weren't particularly good uh, defensively, like you said, against Arkansas because they gave up the big plays. And I don't think you can just say, well, yeah, they would have been good if they didn't give up the big plays. Right. But no, you gave no. up the big plays. Yep. But since then – you know, I know our Alabama fans will go, oh, yeah, well, we were uh, just trying to, you know, playing just to keep the lead. And, yeah, but they do I'm that against everybody that. and build leads. I'm not – yeah, I was going to say I'm not buying that. I think that was A&M was playing well and didn't quit. Um, South Carolina, you got a lead on them. Um, you know, I don't know if – you know, that's a team that's obviously missed Debo Samuel, but they still have some pretty good guys like Brian Edwards and mm-hmm. some of those guys, and they, they weren't able to move the ball. Yeah, and it was tight late, so A&M yeah. finished it. Yeah, like I said, so uh, they were able to – A&M was able to control that. And then uh, the, the the Florida game, that was – look, we understand Florida doesn't th- throw the ball well, but the fact of the matter is they shouldn't have had to. You know, they had the lead, and they just want to uh, – and they kept maintaining the lead because they were holding A&M to field goals. So they just needed to run the football. And they were running the football. That's the thing. A&M completely turned that thing on its ear. So I would say the thing that stands out to me, uh, among other things, because I don't know that you can really point at one thing and say this is the reason they were successful in the fourth quarter. But overall, I would say their ability to, uh, to stop the run, uh, especially when they need to. Uh, with South Carolina became very one-dimensional, I think, uh, unless you you're just have a great quarterback and great receivers, it's hard to you know it, it's hard to be successful consistently if you're one-dimensional. Yeah, there's a lot of things. And I think, you know, Alabama wants to run the football with a lead. Yes, and and you really played better run defense uh, in the second half of that game. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think if I if I had to point to one thing. I'd say, you know, I think the mm-hmm. A&M's ability to st- step up and stop the run in the second half and in particularly the fourth quarter. I think there's a lot on the table that you can throw out there, listeners, and we want to no invite doubt. you to do that. I mean, it's a pretty healthy football team. It's in, it, it seems to be in really good shape. All right, so I'll give a little bit. If we're circling that pie, I'm not going to go. Hockey's the difference, okay? But I, I'll say there's a little bit of that in there. I think it's in a football team that's finished really well. But a reason why it's also finished is because A&M's been able to control the clock way better than it has under Sumlin. And because of that, this defense isn't playing as many snaps. It's played about 100 fewer snaps or more through through seven games than it played last year. Okay, so that's a full game. Yeah. And it's healthier than it was last year. And it's better right? So it kind of boils down to that. You're talking about better run defense, and that's 100%. It is a better defense than it was a year ago, and it's fresher because this quarterback's getting pretty good, and they've been able to milk clock. It's not a dynamite offense by any stretch, but they've been able to look at what they were, look at what they were able to do down the stretch in the Florida game. I mean, hold the ball. And that defense, by the time it got out there to preserve what was a two-point lead, was fresh defense. It wasn't playing 90 snaps out there. It was playing 60-something snaps. Well, I think obviously if they're playing fewer snaps, that's a good thing. And it would stand to reason that you'd be fresher, um, you know, if, if you were playing fewer snaps. And a big part of that is, is the linebacker play. Yes. You know, those guys are coming up and actually making some stops, whereas last year they weren't. Uh, yeah. Micro focus, linebackers are better. You can you just can, say that. Yeah. You know, you can, <laughs> last year, uh, Tennessee 
just threw you know dump passes in the middle of the field, and and uh, would just let guys catch it in the middle of the field and run all day, and you know it, it, the the middle of the field at the time has still been vulnerable, but now you've got a uh, a Tyrell Dotson dropping back and getting interceptions to end games, right? You know, so that's something you, you just didn't see last year. A real legitimate game changer in the middle of the field. I think he Something is. you haven't had in a while. I think he is. And so, you know, you're seeing him make plays. I think what you pointed out yesterday is he has three fourth quarter interceptions. Mm-hmm. And two of them basically to ice the game. Well, two of them, two ice it. At and, the you know, and, you know, and I'm sure he thinks about this on occasion. Had another one in his hands against UCLA. Yes, he, he sure did. You oh, know, that, probably drove, that probably drove him to focus. I mean, it got that. on him. You know, he was turning, and the ball was right there. So, he would have had to have, you know, I, I don't know. It's probably unfair to expect him to catch it, but he, he dang near did. Yeah, it's it's hard for receivers to catch Josh Rosen passes. But especially when- Our thanks to Olin Buchanan. We'll switch it up and call out to Laura Rutledge of ESPN and the SEC Network next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Why have over 3 million guys switched to Harry's Razors? Because at Harry's, we give you less. We make just one razor with five German-engineered blades. All you need for a smooth and comfortable shave. And we got rid of upcharges. By owning the factory and cutting out the middleman, we're able to sell our high-quality blades for half the price of the other guys. Now we're dropping the half-price sound effects guy. Wait, why? Not everyone can give you high quality for a fraction of the price. Harry's. One perfect razor. None of the extra noise. As a special offer for radio listeners, get an $18 shave set with an added bonus for free when you visit harrys.com and use code 2626 at checkout. Just cover a few bucks for shipping. That's harrys.com, code 2626 for a free shave set offer. Again, it's harrys.com, code 2626. Please note, no sound effects guys were harmed in the making of this radio recording. As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. With Dexter and Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter and Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter and Company can do for you. You know those families who quietly enjoy the holidays? Me neither. Well, until thecompanystore.com. Now the kids love playing Hotel Auntie Carol in the good sheets, as they call them. They actually want to go to bed. So we get some adult time, and that's worth giving thanks. Thecompanystore.com has been perfecting the ultimate comforts of home for over 100 years. From the finest quality bedding and bath to home decor and more. Order between October 1st and 30th to get 25% off plus free shipping with our friends and family discount. Visit thecompanystore.com and enter the code FAMILY. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work, (laughs) I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, One more if you're not physically active. Another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes. Another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger. Two if you're very overweight. And three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio prediabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Welcome back 
Gamebach with you. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's continue the conversation on A&M's win over the Gators and go around SEC and college football with Laura Rutledge of ESPN and the SEC Network. October's my favorite month just because there's so much going on. I mean, you and I are baseball people. You got baseball at the most important juncture. You've got uh, basketball around the corner, college and pro, and you've got football uh, right in that point where crazy things start happening. And that obviously kicked into full gear last Saturday. I mean, this has been such high drama, so fun, great theater all around. College football pays you back for the time you put into it. Uh, It's so true, Gabe. And I was feeling like, Watching even just the Friday upsets last weekend made you think if the committee, once the committee starts meeting to determine who's going to be in the top four, they will look back on that weekend as like, oh no, <laughs> what happened? Because yes. it's so much tougher already. And, and who knows what's going to happen as we go down the stretch here? But I really think that we'll look back on week seven and say, my goodness crazy crazy stuff happened and and you know there's still a good chance for a lot of these teams going forward I mean you look at a Clemson team that lost to Syracuse Clemson still has a path to the playoffs but everything got more complicated the stakes are now higher and I think we've really seen you know some of the cream rise to the top but then there's also still a lot of mystery in all of it that's what we absolutely love about this yeah, I think there's like 14 teams that still feel like they have a chance right now. And and maybe week seven is that outlier where that was the crazy week. Or when you start looking at some of these juicy matchups, maybe that was just a sign of what is to come in a nutty year. You mentioned the uh, the CFP committee. I We actually haven't had you on since your trip to Dallas for the mock selection process. What was that experience like and how much did you learn about just what goes on in those committee meetings? Oh, it was so eye-opening, and and really what I found is my biggest takeaway was how valued they look at the strength of schedule metrics, and they have very complicated metrics they look at that that involve strength of schedule, strength of record, strength of opponent's record, and all of this is one big number, and they, they have all these different ways to measure it. It's just such a neat way that they have it all set up. I mean, there are so many screens in there. It's like, you know, you're dizzy by the time you're out of there because you're looking at all these screens with all these numbers on it. But, but I think what, what was really intriguing about the example that we used in our mock selection for this year, we used the year 2012. Now, if you remember that year, that was a year where A&M beat Alabama, yep. and Georgia had lost to Florida, I believe. I'm trying to remember exactly. But there was all this craziness, and or maybe Georgia beat Florida. Anyway, Georgia had lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game by just an inch, so everyone kind of thought, well, maybe Georgia should be in the playoffs. Well, the way that the BCS had it, the top four would have had Florida in the playoffs despite losing to Georgia because their strength of record was better, and that's just the way the BCS numbers looked at it. When we were all said and done, we had Florida in there as well. Interesting. (laughs) To me, what I found is just how difficult it is. I mean, you can go in there and be completely convinced that you care most about head-to-head wins and losses. And then you can be convinced otherwise when you start seeing numbers and when you start hearing what other people have to say. And that's the beauty of the committee. And that it, it just kept me so convinced that we have done the right thing going to the college football playoffs and allowing human minds to get involved, even if they don't always pick the teams that everyone agrees with. I do think it allows for a really good system, and it's just so interesting to see it all come in and play out. Laura Rutledge of ESPN and the SEC Network with us on the Mac Resource Computers Hotline. I found it very interesting that you picked 2012 because Aggies sit around and they say one play in two different games away or either one of these games go the other way and A&M might have been in there instead of Florida because, remember, Florida beat A&M by three points. Sumlin iced the kicker, who was really good that year, who missed it on the snap, and he just got the timeout in. He made it right before halftime before, and there were a couple other crazy plays that happened. Otherwise, A&M would have beaten Florida in its very first SEC game in 2012, and there were some crazy things in that LSU game that went against A&M too, some just wild, wild things in that game. And Otherwise, A&M might have been in there. I think you guys wound up right. having them ninth, and that brings us to the here and now, the rematch. First time since that Florida game in 2012 here at Kyle Field, the return trip finally to the Swamp we were there I was totally a hundred percent impressed with the swamp I thought they were going bananas even though they don't even really like their coach I could only imagine what it was like when you were a student when they were actually good but uh how about my ags over your gators on Saturday oh 
about Gabe. You know, you know, I'm also like a sneaky Aggies fan. I knew so, it. I just have so many friends who are Aggies. So we got to laughing so hard because, you know, my good friend Casey Smith, obviously she's an Aggie. Obviously you're an Aggie. Amanda Scarborough's an Aggie. Mm-hmm. So we were sort of having these faux fights throughout the weekend, like, oh, my team against your team. Mm-hmm. But as a, as a semi-Florida fan, although I, I feel like I'm pretty unbiased at this point, I just didn't feel like Florida had a chance, and I don't think anybody did. I mean, even on our show, SEC Nation, we were doing the picks. Tim Tebow picked Texas A&M, yeah. uh, and, and you won't find a, a bigger gear fan than Tim Tebow. Uh, but I think if you look, if you just looked at that matchup going into it, Texas A&M is a better team, and, and Florida is a team that, you know, while they sort of scraped by with some mysterious wins early on in the season, they, they've come back down to earth. And, you know, granted, they're playing without a lot of their team, but you know, I really look at this, and I think it's more about Texas A&M, and I'm so impressed with what this team has done. I mean, Kevin Sumlin is a guy that's left for dead after that terrible loss to UCLA. and He was already on a hot seat, and whatever you want to say about that. And in this whole time, he's just over there coaching up this team that's full of youngsters. I mean, they, they do have a couple guys who have been around for a while, but for the most part, this is just young talent, but it's incredibly good talent. And, and that's where I think you look at Texas A&M, and everything that has been talked about with this team, and there may still be some Aggie fans that want a new coach, my question to them would be, who is better for this job right now than Kevin Sumlin? And granted, he does have to you know, continue this success going forward. That game where Auburn comes to College Station, I've got my eye on that one Oof. because I really think that is that, that may be the make-or-break moment. But to me, what happened in this, in this game in Gainesville is that Kevin Sumlin said, hey, don't forget about me. I'm for real. Yep. This team is for real, despite being really young. Laura, you bring up the Auburn game, and I, don't don't let the cat out of the bag. I understand how networks operate, but I really hope that's when you guys come to Aggieland, November the fourth, because there's just storylines galore. Like, look, Stidham sat yep. in the third deck of the Tennessee game last year on his own. He wanted to come to A&M so bad he would have crawled from Waco. A&M said thanks, but no thanks. That's a very hard decision to make if you're someone knowing your job's on the line and he's more ready-made than who you – you don't even know who you got on the roster. You know, a couple of young guys. Right. You're playing the other guy now because of injury, and it's turned out now you've got your quarterback of the future, and it looks like it's come up aces for Sumlin, but Stidham's now coming back in here, and he could come in here and fire your coach, someone who passed on him. Mm. Or – or Gus, who always has a short leash, could come in here and lose that game, go seven and five, and he himself be out at the end of this year. What storylines? You couldn't have possibly have anything better than Auburn A and M November fourth, I think. <laughs> I know, and, and you're right, I can't give anything away, but I, I will tell you this. I was giving a very strong case to our people who make decisions of where we go yesterday about that game and nice. actually Paul Feinbaum and I were like come on this is going to be the best one uh, but, but when you look at that game and I think you're bringing up so many good points I really think it's more about Auburn at this point than it even is about A&M because mm-hmm. things are so tense there on the plains and how quickly it changes I mean yep. <laughs> this is an Auburn team that's ranked in the top 10 the conversation was what is their path potentially to the playoffs? I mean, it, that was a legitimate question when you looked at maybe getting two or, or maybe even just one SEC team to play. But Auburn had a path. And what happened, and, and, you know, maybe there's still some crazy scenario that gets them in the conversation, but what happened against LSU, I think, was one of the reasons why Gus Malzahn is even more on the hot seat at this point, or at least being talked about that way, is the way that they lost. Because they had LSU completely done in this game they could have put them away and they didn't do that and they let tiger stadium and death valley just roar up and, and change the entire complexion of the game and credit yep. to coach O and all that but i do think you're right i mean that that game is make or break for gus malzahn and and could be make or break on the other side although i really stand by what i said before i think kevin someone may have done enough He's done a great job with it, especially post-UCLA that could have just gone way down into the abyss. He's done a good job with a young group of keeping them going and getting better every single week. Let's do your helmet stickers before we let you go, Laura. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited about this this week. I, I Now, like, when I see something happen, I'm like, ooh, that could be a good helmet sticker. Like it. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm going to give my first one to Jake Bentley. I don't know if you saw him go oh, yeah. over to Derek Garantano. Uh, just great sportsmanship following – a big win over Tennessee for South Carolina. And I just thought that was a cool moment. I don't want to get too lovey-dovey on this show, but, you know, that stuff is neat. And we don't see it all the time. So I really thought that was a good 
good, great moment for yeah. uh, for Jake Bentley. Thank you, Laura. We'll take a time out. Sam Kahn of ESPN.com joins us next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Tex-Ags, Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and let's continue the conversation. A&M's win over Florida and other major storylines throughout college football with Sam Kahn of ESPN.com. How was the Little Apple? How did it treat you over the weekend? Uh, The weather was awful. (laughs) I sat there for eight hours uh, in that stadium. It was uh, a long day, but otherwise it was fine. I mean, they have a – it's a cool little uh, stadium, and – you know, they, they redid, uh, you know, one side of it, at, you know, with the press box side of it, and it's really, really nice. And, you know, people are really great. It was just, man, sitting through all the lightning delays and weather and all that stuff. And, uh, but, you know, TCU did what they did, and, and uh, they sit alone, sit, sit alone atop the Big 12 right now, which is interesting. I don't think anybody had that at the start of the year. So, yeah. This, uh, cer- certainly interesting, interesting to watch. This isn't your old Kenny Hill, is it? I mean, he's got this team playing oh. really well, but they've got a lot of pieces around him and a, and a good defense. They rolled K-State. How, how legit are the Frogs' college football playoff hopes at the uh, – a little past the midway point? Well, the Hawks are legit, but they, they still have some hurdles to get through. They, they'll have to go to Lubbock later in the year. They have to play Oklahoma later this year. They they, uh, they have to go to Ames, which is uh, that's mm-hmm. not an easy game at this point. Um, but and, and there's still some flaws I think that they have in that team. You know, mm-hmm. they they left some points on the board. That's a game they won by 20. They probably should have won by 30. Uh, you know, they they left some plays on the field, but they've got a really good running game. Kenny Kenny Hill is very accurate right now. He's only about 69 percent of his passes. And their defensive line is playing really well. So they've got the pieces, but I think they've got a lot of room for improvement, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how they do. But I think I think they're a good team. I, I still don't know if they're a great team, but they're a good team right Sam, uh, did you get to watch much? I mean, during all that, and I know it lasted longer than it should have because of the delays and everything, but how much of A&M in Florida did you get to see? A decent amount. You know, I, was, I will tell you, I, I was impressed, again, for, for the second straight week, and really not just second straight week, but, but for – several weeks consecutively now I've been impressed by the fight that they had because I mean they couldn't get anything going offensively in, in some stretches and I mean you look at the yards per carry on on offense 2.2 I mean it's this is a game that statistically you look at and they should have lost and and they come in there and they, they fight they they come out with a win and to me it, it tells me that this is a team that really has bought in their believing and I think I think this is you know, seven games into the season, I feel like this is one of Kevin Sumlin's better coaching jobs than here to have this team hit where they are at this point in the season. Because I, I don't yep. think after what happened at UCLA, I don't think anybody would have pegged them to be five and two right now. I, I've been, I was really impressed with the way they stuck in there and, and got a road win. Florida's not a great team. But it doesn't matter. Road win in the SEC is a road win in the SEC. Yeah, I couldn't agree more after that. The, a young team could have just cratered and, and really had a tough time maintaining focus, maintaining confidence, building any sort of momentum. And it looked like in the Nichols game that they had a major hangover effect. But he's been able to coach them through this. He and his staff have done a tremendous job. I mean, you got to give him credit for that. Even the biggest Sumlin naysayer would have to give him credit if you love A&M for how much fun it's been to watch this young team grow and develop and B, how hard they play, Sam. It's clear that they're locked in with their head coach. Unlike what's going on in Knoxville where I think they've turned it in, they are not by any stretch of the imagination. They're playing extremely hard for Kevin Sumlin. No doubt. And I think that's that's really what's important because, you know, for for whatever you lack in some areas you can make I think you can make up for if the team is playing hard because you know, these are 18 to 22 year old kids, man. I mean, motivations are different. You know, moves go up and down. It's it's not it's not necessarily what you see is what you get every week. So I think you know when you come to some of these you know some of the other teams like you mentioned. I mean, you know, Tennessee looks like a mess right now. You have to have guys bought in. You have to have guys that believe in each other, that believe in the guys leading them, and, and that matters. I think just as much as the talent that you have. And so the, the fact that they are doing that. I mean, you look at the last few weeks, you look at them coming back from double digits against Arkansas, coming back from double digits against South Carolina, 
playing Alabama as hard as anybody's played them, and then come in from behind against Florida on the road. I mean, that's that's a really impressive stretch. They're three and one in what's probably the toughest stretch of the season. And I don't think after the first three weeks of the season, I would have anticipated that. Slam and Sammy Khan with us on the Mac Resource Computers Hotline. Yeah, they're closing out games. We we talked about this a little bit earlier, but in their last uh, – well, ever since UCLA, they found a way to get it done in the fourth quarter in every single game. Even against Alabama, they finished the game strong. They just didn't end the game with more points than Bama. But they, they really outplayed Bama for a big portion of that second half, and they are learning how to finish. What do you think is the – if you had to boil it down to – you know, in that pie, the biggest percentage factor in A&M's fourth quarter production since the UCLA, the worst fourth quarter in college football history. Since then, what do you think has been the number one factor of why they've been able to close games so well? I think they have real leadership, you know. And, and it's funny to say because this team lost so many veterans from last year, and I think we've all called it a young team. But it really is a team that has a lot of guys that are veterans that have played. Christian Kirk is a leader. Armani Watts is a leader. You know, even guys who, you know, are sophomores or, or redshirt freshmen, I mean, uh, sophomores or juniors that have played a lot, you know, guys like Travion Williams, guys like Kingsley Beaky. I mean, these are guys who have been through a lot already. And so even though you have a true freshman quarterback or you have some young defensive ends, or, or even you have a young linebacker in the middle of Tyrell Boston, you've got some guys who've really been through a lot with, with A&M. And so I think that probably more than anything means a lot because it's hard to ask Kellen Mond to make all the right plays down the stretch as a true freshman in the SEC. But, but if he's got Christian Kirk in the huddle, if you've got Travion Williams in the huddle who's been through some of this stuff, then it helps a whole lot. And, and on the same flip side on defense, it helps Tyrell Dawson that Armani watched this there. You know, because Watts is, I mean, Watts is, Watts is a cagey veteran by now, you know, mm-hmm. everything he's gone through from playing the very first game at South Carolina in 2014. I mean, that guy's been through everything. So I think that more than anything has been the biggest reason why they've been able to close out games. I think for whatever reason, that group of guys have been able to get through to these young guys and be able to keep them poised and help them stay confident uh, regardless of the situation. Sam Olin and I, I know you guys do your power rankings every week, and I'm curious to see where you have A&M because, as a matter of fact, I'm pulling it up as we talk, because Olin and I sort of had A&M in that 3-4 range. How do you separate? It's clearly that Alabama's 1 and Georgia's 2 right now. But like 3-6 to six or 7, it's going to be interesting these next few weeks what it tells us. We wanted to put A&M third right now. Are we nuts or are we on to something where Auburn had that horrible loss? LSU, you still got you got to give them credit for the last two weeks. One of those wins exactly what A&M did was winning at Florida, but they also did lose Detroit, right? I mean, so you got to factor that in too. How do you separate Auburn from A&M from LSU? You know, I, I think it's hard to at this point. That, that was the thing, and we did it. We have Auburn third still, even though they lost LSU because I – I don't know, the way that game went, you know, I, I think at the end of the, I think when all said and done at the end of the season, I think Auburn was still in to be in the better team. But we have Auburn at three, A&M at four, LSU at five. Hmm. Uh, I, I think it's really difficult to separate at this point. Uh, all we really know at this point is that Alabama and Georgia are the best team. Everything else is very fluid. And because A&M, you could make an argument for A&M at third, but if you miss the field goal, then, then A&M is dropped. You know? so sure. These things have, are so fickle because, you know, these are, and these are close games. You know, LSU, you know, had to come all the way back and, and win a close game late. You know, but Auburn, you know, like you said, you can't count out the Troy loss to LSU because that's a bad loss. You know, Auburn has looked like the better, the third best team all the way up until, you know, the second half of the LSU game. You know, and then, then after that, where do you go with South Carolina? Where do you go with Kentucky? Where do you go with Florida? I mean, it's a mess in the league. It's, it's hard. I think it's really hard to differentiate through a lot of these teams, but. Auburn and LSU, I think we'll figure out over the next few weeks. Our thanks to Sam Kahn. We'll take a timeout and we'll close the show by running down the SEC schedule and a quick pick of the games against the spread, at least the SEC schedule of the game that matters. There's one that absolutely doesn't. And we'll do all of that next as we close the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? 
because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryan or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you saved $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. Overhanging trees present a real danger. During high winds, falling branches can damage roofs and windows. So today, I'll show you how to protect your home by wrapping it in bubble packaging. All you need is a staple gun and 142,000 feet of bubble packaging. Let's get started. You could try to protect your home with bubble packaging, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the Geico Insurance Agency. Call Geico and see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. Back, final segment of the Texas Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and let's run down the SEC schedule and a quick pick of the games that matter. There's one that absolutely doesn't, and quite a few teams that are on a bye, including Texas A&M this week. There are five games in the SEC, one of them an out-of-conference game, and it's Idaho at 2-4 and four against Missouri at 1-5, and five, 11 o'clock on the SEC Network. All you got to say about that. I'm actually just – this is where Missouri is right now. They're only a 15-point favorite against the Vandals of Idaho. That says a lot about how bad Missouri's been. Now, they did score a little bit on a very good Georgia defense. So, we'll see what happens. They, they ought to be able to blow out Idaho. And if they don't, even a very winnable slate down the stretch for Mizzou becomes darn near unattainable. They're going to have to look good against this team getting into a schedule that should allow them to pick up some wins. UConn on the road after this week at uh, Florida at home, Tennessee at home, and then Vanderbilt on the road, and then at Fayetteville. A winnable stretch, but Missouri's not very good. So what are they going to do about it here in the back half with their head coach in his second year, Barry Odom, a Missouri guy, graduate, former assistant there too, on one of the hottest seats in America and in the SEC. All right, after that, it gets interesting. Tennessee at number one, Alabama, 230 on CBS. Crimson Tide favored by 35 points, and they'll name their score in this game. At this point, Butch Jones' team is not listening to his message. They're done. They're 3-3, and 0-3 in the league. They got beat by South Carolina last week at home, couldn't score points. They got blown out 41 to nothing at home to Georgia the week prior to that. They got in a pillow fight with Matt with UMass, one of the worst teams in college football this year, and almost lost that game. It's over for Butch. You know, a lot of times I'm not a huge advocate of making the, the move in season. In this case, I am because I feel like you're just even at this point doing Butch a disservice. They're going to get their teeth handed to them in T-Town this week and then fire him. I know that's hard for an assistant, uh, an interim coach situation if you'd fired him before this week. You had to buy before South Carolina would have been a perfect time to do it, get everybody familiar with 
who's now going to be at the top for the message, be that Bob Shoup or another assistant. I think Brady Hoke's on that staff. He's been a coach before. But sometimes an interim situation can energize a team. Right now, this team's not listening to their coach, and they're not energized by any stretch. Alabama rolls. I'll say they cover. At this point, it's just whenever Saban calls off the dogs. And even if he does that, puts Tua Tagovailoa in the game, the guy can throw the football, and they might still score points. And they've, you put your fourth running back in, he's still, he's still Jacobs, right? He's still a guy capable of running for 100 yards in a game easily. Or Robinson. I mean, they're just loaded. So Alabama covers that spread, even though it's high. Kentucky at Mississippi State. I'm interested in this game simply because AM plays Mississippi State next week. Um, the Bulldogs are very Jekyll and Hyde in terms of home, road, and how good they are. They're favored by 10.5. It's at 3 o'clock on the SEC network. Matter of fact, it's bet up to 11 at the time we're recording. And I say Mississippi State covers because Kentucky's been, they've, they've played down to their competition. So they've been pretty good in some games. They were much better than than Florida, but lost the game inexplicably. Couldn't put enough players on the field twice, and that really burned them. But they wrestled with Eastern Eastern Michigan, with Eastern Kentucky. I mean, I think this team they they look pretty sparkling at five and one. Should be six and zero, oh, but they hadn't been very good in those games. Mississippi State, very good home team. I think they roll at home over Kentucky. And sort of get back right going to Kyle Field to make that game very interesting next week. Number 24, LSU, coming off a win in the swamp. And then last week, overcoming a 20 to nothing deficit at home against Auburn to win that game. They're going on the road favored by six and a half. You know, what makes this interesting is Ole Miss can only throw it, they can't run it. But LSU completely shut down Jarrett Stidham in Auburn's passing attack in the second half of that game last week and held Stidham to six yards passing. Now, Ole Miss is a better passing team than Auburn is as a passing team. I don't know if it matters, though. LSU started to play good defense. I think they go on the road at a 6-15 kickoff on ESPN and cover the six and a half. They win the game by seven to ten points. And finally, number 12, Auburn at Arkansas, 6-30 on the SEC Network. My man Tom Hart on the call. That is a 15-point advantage for Auburn. It's on the road. I don't think it matters. Auburn coming off that uh, heartbreaking loss to LSU, a come-from-ahead defeat. I think Auburn's good enough that that's not going to crush them. I think that's going to motivate them and, and tick them off enough where they're going to go just pound on a bad Arkansas team that it looks like won't have Austin Allen. They're by far their best skill player and 1A, 1B with, with Ragnow, their center. All right, he's their, That's their best players, and one of them's hurt, and he's their heart and soul of their team, Austin Allen. He's probably not going to play. So with that 15-point spread for Auburn, I think they cover that easily on the road. Okay, A&M's off this week. Again, it's Mississippi State a week from Saturday, 6-15 kick. And what's going to be a loud and emotional Kyle Field in a very big, important game for Kevin Sumlin and A&M next week. We'll be back to preview and break that game down and much, much more next week. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Thanks to Owen Buchanan, Laura Rutledge, and Sam Kahn. I'm Gabe Bach, our producer, Dalton Hughes. You've been listening to the Texas Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network.